incorporate our tools and technology in AI to create an experience that allows us to be nimble and flexible so that we can bring people in quickly and give them a good experience and at the same time deliver to our clients and be nimble and flexible for them, but also give them a good experience as well. Hello and welcome to The Talent Blueprint, your guide to building a talent-first company. Today features an interview with Lori Mix, the SVP of Talent Acquisition at IBEX. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery. Beamery's talent lifecycle management platform makes it possible for companies to deliver more human talent experiences and unlock the skills and potential of their global workforce using industry-leading AI. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's installment of the Talent Blueprint. I'm your host, Sultan Seidoff, and I am extremely excited today to welcome Laurie Mix, the SVP of Talent Acquisition at IBEX. Laurie, thank you so much for joining us for this week's installment. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Sultan? I'm really excited for this particular conversation. It's been so interesting for me reading up on some of the work that you've been doing at IBEX, and we're going to get into some of those things in the episode. But to kick us off, tell us a little bit about your role at IBEX, the kind of work you've been doing there, and we'll take it from there. Thanks. So I'm responsible for leading our hiring teams across the globe at IBEX. I've been with IBEX for almost five years, coming up this April. And my focus primarily has been on driving innovation of our systems and tools that we use in talent acquisition and talent mobility and delivering on hiring strategies and managing the day-to-day operations of our people in the process, and just really creating the best-in-class candidate experience. It's an ambitious set of things to be targeting in one go, but it's actually super important to consider them side by side. I think it's easy to focus on one slice of the talent experience, like candidate experience, without considering what happens after those candidates start and what happens in, in mobility. It sounds like you get the opportunity of having a remit to consider those things together. What has that been like and what's the most rewarding feeling that you've had in having such a broad remit? It's really been rewarding because when we started building, we kind of stair-stepped into it. And as we created this culture of people first and developing our employees and creating a career path for them, it just really organically took on a life of its own. So it's really been rewarding to see some of the people that when I first started in entry-level roles get promoted to the point that they're my peers now. It's, it's exciting to see what they bring to the table through their experiences and what they've learned. It's just really been rewarding. As a company, IBEX is known for the customer experience and the extent to which you help your clients acquire, engage, retain customers. How does having a remit that looks at acquiring, engaging, and retaining talent translate into how you compare that against the customer experiences you guys create? Is there a set of parallels between the way that you guys approach customer journeys and how you think about internal talent journeys? How have you been trying to create the same kind of innovation in the talent side of the business and what you guys do as a business as a whole? We do. You know, when we look across the landscape of the company, we evaluate the people and the process and the technology. We look at our Wavex technology from a customer perspective, as well as a candidate perspective. We incorporate our tools and technology in AI to 
create an experience that allows us to be nimble and flexible so that we can hire, bring people in quickly and give them a good experience. And at the same time, deliver to our clients and be nimble and flexible for them, but also give them a good experience as well. There's a lot of communication internally among all of our teams to ensure that we're all aligned and and all of our tools and technology and the people are on the same page to make sure that we're delivering. In the current environment that we've been in for the last two years, from having to suddenly slow down hiring in 2020, accelerated in 2020 to 2021, and now for many businesses slowing it down again, the words you said, being nimble and flexible, have become the name of the game in all things talent. But it's easier said than done. How have you thought about creating this focus on flexibility and being nimble in that talent journey? And how have you thought about measuring success and what that looks like? We had to start out by having a core team who was bought in and engaged in what our goal was. Having that makes all the difference because in order to be flexible, you have to have a team that's ready to react, that is expecting the changes to come. So having a TA team that's tenured and ready to do the research, constantly looking at demos and talking to vendors and proactively recruiting passive candidates, et cetera, so that we're ready when our clients are ready has been really key in all of this. We've never slowed down throughout the pandemic, continued to innovate and upscale our tools And when we never got comfortable where we were at, we were constantly looking for new ways to continue to deliver. This takes us nicely into our next segment, The Journey. I love the way you talk about having a continuous readiness to research, to push boundaries, and the themes you touched on, how to be more proactive and recruiting talent. How have you created benchmarks for yourself of, are we getting better at proactively recruiting passive talent? How have you thought about the most important things to measure? And what does that look like for you moving forward? We generally measure our success by our ability to fill our classes, of course, our cost per hire, our client MPS, and then our employee satisfaction score. We do a survey every quarter to make sure our employees are satisfied. And we use that and we ask about our hiring practices. You know, we have 101% fill rate across all of our geos and our CPH has remained flat over the last three years. We also measure against other areas such as like recruiter productivity, of course, and qualities of hire and strength of our recruiting sources. A few of the things that we've done that we measure ourselves against that we look at daily and quarterly to make sure that we're hitting the mark. I love the framing of both the hiring measures and employee measures. There's also a connection between the two. When you talk about quality of hire, there's obviously a transition from how do we look at not just the number of roles we fill, but what happened to those people. How have you thought about measuring the quality of people you have and how that feeds into your strategies? So we align with our operations partners to make sure that we're looking at their productivity, their attendance, the attrition. We do a 360-degree closed-loop conversation where we're working with training and operations to understand what they're seeing. And we make any adjustments on the front end that we need to in our hiring to ensure that we have that success. The one area we haven't measured yet that I would like to start measuring is like our brand 
identity among our candidates to see how we're attracting them and how they're accepting us in the market that's next on our plate. The brand identity piece is another interesting intersection of understanding what your employees and your high-performing employees think versus how people perceive you externally. It's that classic EVP journey that is hard to maintain and have enough depth on because your brand identity is probably going to vary from one group to another and one function to another. And, And what matters and what you want to differentiate is different. One of the other things that we've seen in what you've mentioned there, looking at productivity, 360 degrees closed loop, is a growing focus on trying to understand skills and potential. Has there been a view into how you think about when you're hiring people, their skill set is and what their potential is? Is that something that is feeding into the 360 degree approaches that you guys are taking or into your recruiting processes? Yes. Every time we leave those closed loop conversations, we always do our converse, we continue our recruiting conversation to ensure that we're training the recruiters and recalibrating each of the profiles just to perfect that. We want to make sure that we're giving all of our candidates a realistic job preview and setting them up for success. They have a lot of choices that they can make, you know, in the market right now. So we want to make sure that we're being as honest as possible about the rules so that they can make the best informed decision. I love the wording you use there of recalibrating and creating a realistic job view. What we've actually seen as a positive externality of organizations like yours who try to take this thoughtful approach to what jobs are we hiring for and giving candidates good expectations is it often ends up also being more inclusive. But one of the things we've also seen in organizations trying to do some of the things you've mentioned, which is being more disciplined around closed loop conversations and capabilities is it can create a lot of friction points for the role of a recruiter versus the role of a hiring manager or an HR business partner and how these things work together. And you, I think, touched on this earlier when you started mentioning having a TA team that's tenured. I think that's partly what helps manage some of those interactions. But what are some of the frictions you have run into as you've been trying to bring about change, this focus on people first culture and how that's deployed? You know, I think one of the biggest challenges is just the speed at which we need to do things. On the front end, candidates are getting multiple offers. So we need to be able to offer quickly. So we need hiring managers to make decisions really quickly so that we can get those offers out. And then on the other side of things, to make monumental changes in the organization, when we're shopping for tech solutions and vendors, et cetera, we're competing to get in front of the implementation line because everybody's doing the same thing right now in the industry. Most times you have to navigate through like several layers of approvals before we can get a signed contract, et cetera. And, you know, we're just all operating at warp speed. So it's really important to have that solid team supporting you. When you think about the impact of different technologies and vendors in different slices of what you do from a candidate attraction to the assessment, through to the onboarding, through to the post-hire experiences and the employee experiences, there's a lot of different things to optimize and improve. When you zoom out and think about a methodology and approach for hiring and training a global workforce, what are some of the kind of key pillars to, to how you think about what it takes to, to think across that full talent lifecycle globally? So we broke it down into three pillars, sourcing, selection, and then our back office slash onboarding. And I've created one unique system across the entire globe. 
in one process. Of course, we have geospecific nuances that we have small changes to, but the overall solution is the same across the globe. And we've cross-trained everybody across the globe. So we're operating on maximum potential all the time because if we're shorthanded in one area, we're able to pull from another geo to support. And that's really worked well in our favor, especially with trying to be flexible and nimble because we've been able to cross-train everybody and leverage all of our resources. We don't have anybody sitting idle ever. That's a hard utilization to achieve. When you think ahead with so many key pillars sold and clearly some good new technologies and processes in place, what's next? The environment that we're in, the need for agility is taking on new lenses. Organizations are thinking about if you're hiring actively, how do we get smarter about it? How do we lean into companies that might be having people leaving? How do we get smarter about critical roles and so forth? And how do we uh, create, to your point earlier, organizational change where we are driving this people-first mentality of development, empowering employees to self-develop, creating these flywheels. There's a lot of these things that you've clearly had success on. If you were to describe in a couple of sentences priorities for what's next, what's front of mind? That's still my strategy and priority is to increase our speed to hire and remain flexible and technology-driven delivery. Great candidate experience. It doesn't ever change. You just have to continue finding what's next because you have to level up as your competitors are leveling up and continue to remain best in class. What's currently front of mind in terms of what you're thinking about as next or as kind of areas that you're preparing for? Right now, looking at more AI in the front end, we've been looking at video interviewing. We've been looking at faster onboarding solutions. Right now, that's what we're looking at in the short term. There's definitely a lot of opportunities to leverage AI that I think have become more frequently discussed in the last six months, probably because of our expectations as consumers. And we're starting to see this AI come in and that changes the goalpost for what candidates expect and what employees expect. I know that a key area that you've focused on yourself and something you've been known for in the industry is how to look at the entire employee journey and optimize it for a work-at-home operating model. I imagine the many things you've talked about from onboarding faster to other parameters have been a key driver of how do you actually create an operating model for this. Can you share some of the key insights, points you have around what creating an employee experience that optimized for work-at-home has looked like and how to do that? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, one thing that IBEX is known for is our WaveX technology. In the TA model specifically, we added AI screening upfront in our process to evaluate candidates quickly for their work at home setup. And from there, we moved those qualified individuals to our recruiters for behavioral interview. We did this to allow for more time for those recruiters to evaluate the candidates in different scenarios to ensure that they'd be successful to work independently. That was really important to us. And then from a sourcing perspective, we found that our most successful agents were the ones that we were attracting that were close to our centers so that they had the ability to pop in the office if they had an IT issue or if they struggled and needed to meet one-on-one -on -one with their supervisor. Just having that comfort of being within a couple hours of the site and just using that data 
to focus on where our target market was, was a key success to our hiring work at home. It's very cool being able to take into practice some of the internal technologies that you're building for your customers. I imagine there's other lessons to learn from the kind of things IBEX is doing for customers that could be applicable to, to the employee experience. And also clearly, as you mentioned, as we look forward, we can continue doubling down on some of the areas we've been improving in the last few years, speed of hire, ability to onboard. If you take all of this change that's been happening and take some of the learnings from what IBEX has been doing for customers and look forward into the future in terms of what may be possible a few years from now, if we take some of the sort of AI in the front end that you mentioned and forecast where that could take us, what do you think will have changed if you came back five years from now and and these different developments have taken us into a new chapter in talent and employee experience? Well, one thing I know will be bigger since refocusing our strategy on delivering just differentiated capabilities We've already attracted more than 60 new clients. In the last couple of years, we've landed more than 40 additional new customers across our more mature blue chip and emerging new economy client segments. Just the success that IDEX is having and the mindset of our leaders and our workforce indicate that we're going to continue to grow. We will definitely have a larger workforce and and a larger footprint. I can pretty much guarantee that. What do you think are some of the things that will have changed in terms of talent and employee experience? If we take an optimistic hat, what could be what could be the future five years from now? I definitely want to have that data where we're confident that our candidate experience, we're winning those awards and those candidate experience awards across the globe. I think measuring that is going to be super important in the years to come. And just making sure that as candidates have more choices, that they're going to make the decision to align with a company that has growth and a great culture. Final question for you. As somebody who's been through such a strong journey of navigating deployments of technologies, vendors during such a critical time in the talent industry, if you think back to advice you would have given to your past self in starting that journey, what would it be? What would you have said to yourself to to take into account all the lessons you've learned in the last couple of years? I definitely would tell myself to learn as much as I can, talk to as many people in the industry as possible, and don't be afraid to take risks. If you sit back and not make changes, then nothing will ever change. You won't grow and your success is going to be limited. Align yourself with a company and leadership that will support you trying new things and that promotes innovation. And I think that it's a winning combination. I love it. Learning from people in the industry like yourself is exactly why we run podcasts like this and why so many people write in saying how grateful they are to hear from other industry leaders. So thank you for being one of those leaders, Laurie, and thanks for sharing all of your invaluable insights and lessons. And I appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Thanks, Sultan. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery. Beamery's talent lifecycle management platform makes it possible for enterprises to drive more human talent experiences and unlock the skills and potential of their global workforce with industry-leading AI. Beamery optimizes every step of the talent lifecycle, from sourcing and identifying talent with the right skills and potential, to building and marketing your employment brand, creating an internal talent marketplace, and mobilizing your employees through getting the reporting and talent insights that you need to make better decisions about your workforce. Are you ready to unlock your talent? Learn more at beamery.com.